In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 2. Everyone has a war that they are battling. And in the midst of the wars we battle, like any soldier knows, you're going to get wounded. Something that is true for each one of us is that we all carry wounds. Some go deeper than others. They come by way of those closest to us. A family member. Friends. Our own church. Our leaders. Or a fellow co-worker. And if the remedy were easy, we would have them relieved in a heartbeat. But these wounds, they're not so easy. The war rages on day and night. That's not to say some wounds aren't easy. Some wounds are. All they require is a tender touch, a loving embrace, a soft word, of forgiveness, of love. These are the wounds that parents can heal by simply picking up their child, kissing their finger, their forehead, or their pinky toe when it's stubbed. And just like that, all the pain's gone. Those are easy to heal. All they need is a soft word. And then there are wounds that, that don't need a soft word, but they're still easy to heal. All they need is power. A leader with God-given authority to see them rightly and to treat them thoroughly. All these wounds need is for someone to state plainly, this is what's happening, and this is what you need. Like a doctor who tells one to take powerful medicine. This is what you have. This is what you need. This is where we're going. Some wounds require a powerful punch, and it must be cleaned out and dug further into, all the way down to the bottom, sanitized with painful and burning solution and redressed for proper healing. This is easy to do. The wounds that lay heavy upon God's people aren't so simple. Power alone doesn't fix them. Neither does a soft word or a tender touch. When faced with these wars that we battle, we're powerless to overcome them. When wounded, we struggle to be tender to others. And trying to find this perfect harmony and balance of might and comfort and power and tenderness it only leaves our wounds open and festering longer, sometimes for decades. Israel was wounded, just like you, and they acted out because of it. They were a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the teaching of the Lord and who said to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Just like you, they were hard-hearted and stiff-necked. They said to the servants that God sent them, do not teach us. Do not lead us in that way. Speak to us tender words. They wanted pastors who would say smooth things and be silent about sin and speak only tender words. 
And in this way, they muzzled the ox while it labored because the law of the Lord made them uncomfortable. So when the prophets did not stop proclaiming God's word, the people ran to others, to their friends, to their neighbors, to those who knew them their whole life long, to foreign gods, so that they would hear soft words. Then they did what was their last resort. They turned their ears completely away from God and killed the prophets that he sent to them. I guess that's one way to get rid of them. Therefore, the Holy One of Israel, with his power, gave them up into the hands of their enemies. God, with his power and might, sends King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon with a mighty and ruthless army to march right into Judah and destroy his own people in 587 B.C. Just a few remained, and they were led into exile, away from all they ever knew, dejected and hurting, broken beyond repair and wounded because of their sins. She received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. God's people were crushed for their iniquity and broken beyond repair in their exile, and there was only one, the Holy One of Israel, with the power and the tenderness to see their pain rightly and to provide comfort thoroughly. But see how low he takes them. They cry out to him. Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. She has none to comfort her. For these things I weep. My eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit. They heard my groaning, yet there is no one to comfort me. Israel's false comforting gods ended up providing no real comfort for their wounds after all. It was all an illusion. And Israel's own brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, the people who grew up with you and knew you ever since you were little, their smooth words did not relieve the war that raged within. Words that are tender to the body but powerless to heal the soul, they packed no punch. They didn't shake one from the clutches of their sin, and thus Israel's wound went too deep for any man to heal. And the Lord allowed it all to unfold upon them so that they would weep and groan and cry out, There's no one to comfort me. Hereafter, all the smooth words of man have failed to bring the promised relief. The Holy One of Israel comes. They need his almighty and powerful word and his tender word. The same word which created the heavens and the earth in power from nothing, and also the same word that created the intricacies of the human heart, and the birds of the air and the blade of the grass, and tenderness and beauty. And where people need both a powerful and tender word, only the Lord can speak. And he wastes no time. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. And just like that, the war is over. God speaks. The warfare is ended. For the Holy One of Israel has come to heal, to forgive, to lead, to end your warfare. There isn't anything there's no valley, no mountain, no uneven ground or rough place that can keep the Lord from coming to give comfort to his children.
His comfort and healing touch is not based on the suitability or the qualification of the people, but upon God's own resolve and strength, upon his own power and tenderness, upon his own justice and mercy. For he is mighty. Behold, Isaiah says, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him, and he is tender. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. The Holy One of Israel alone repairs in his creation in us what is wounded beyond repair. Only the Lord forgives iniquity and ends warfare. Only the Lord sees hopeless sheep and tends to his flock like a shepherd. Only the Lord gathers his lambs into his arms. Only the Lord knows the wounds that you carry, and he carries you and them in his bosom and gently leads you like a shepherd. In his own almighty and all-powerful yet tender and loving way, in a suffering servant, Jesus Christ, true God, divine, fully God, all-powerful creator of the heaven and earth, and yet true man, born of a woman who suffers, feels pain, is wounded like you, yet endures the full wrath of God for you. That God would become one of us, and his mother would kiss his feet as she laid him in the manger, as he stubbed his toe when he was young, or as he was laid upon a cross. He sympathizes with you in every way, in his bleeding and dying and festering wounds given to him by his family, his closest friends, the church, the leaders of the day, and by you. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was crushed for your iniquity. And it wasn't because there was one small, tiny part of you that was sinful and wounded beyond repair, but because your entire being, down to the very depths of your soul, all of you, was sinful. You were dead in the trespasses of your sins in which you once walked. And there isn't one part of you that doesn't need God's powerful touch to convict you and to lay you low and to bring you to repentance. And also, there's not one part of you that doesn't need his tender hand to heal and to save, to lift you back up, to make you alive again. But oh, how the war rages on. As Paul says, who will save me from this body of death? On the night before his death, Jesus sees a man wounded in the wars of daily life when he approaches Simon Peter to wash his feet. Peter is still trying to battle the war, and he pushes against the Lord. And he says, Lord, 
are you going to wash my feet? Jesus sees him struggling against the sinful flesh and battling the arrows of the enemy and speaks a tender word to him. What I'm doing to you now, Peter, you don't understand. But afterward, you will. These are soft words, a mere hint at what was to come, a gentle reminder to Peter that he was not in authority, but that Jesus was. But they're not enough to shake Peter up. Peter responds by saying, Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. Now Peter's pride is evident. His wounds are festering. He doesn't want Jesus' tender touch. He needs a word that packs a punch, brings him low, so Jesus speaks to him a powerful word. Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And upon hearing that word, Peter is brought to his knees in repentance and confesses, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Because there isn't one part of Peter, and there isn't one part of you, that stands ready for the last day without the washing of Jesus Christ. John told us that he baptized with water, but that there was one coming who was mightier than him who would wash you with the Holy Spirit. And in this washing, in your baptism, your God cried out to you in a powerful and tender way that your warfare is ended and your iniquity is pardoned. The washing of Jesus Christ is given to all nations, all families, to every child as a gift, where the Holy One of Israel speaks his most powerful and tender word upon you, his name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In your baptism, that name was spoken, and in that speaking given to you by his word through the waters, you received a promise from God himself that your warfare and the thing that you battle this day, it's ended. Therefore, my wounded brothers and sisters in Christ, know that your Lord, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus Christ, has come to you. And he comes even now in his word, in the gifts of baptism, in his holy supper. He comes today to end your warfare anew and heal you again, not just your feet, but your hands and your head as well. Therefore, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are afflicted. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which 
surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.